where's the banter? People are here to hear you guys argue with each other and bicker. We don't argue on the air. We don't argue on the air. We're going to have to eventually. Young professionals. Are we talking about France? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Drinks and Diamonds podcast. I am Richter and Phillips Marketing Director Rebecca, who fears I may have created a monster as these guys have never wanted to hang out with me as much as they do now. I have with me Matt Schlomer, our watchmaker, and Blake Stelzer, our sales floor manager. Hello, guys. Hello. How about the weather we've been having this week? <laughs> it's pretty nice. Beautiful. Pretty. I stepped out and played some pickleball for the first time. Did you? Yeah, I did. How did like that it? go? I loved it. I was really good at it. Well, you thought you might be. I did. I thought you might be. So congrats. Thank you. I when people are obsessed with pickleball. Yeah, it was so fun down at Sawyer Point. When are you playing again? Probably next Tuesday. Pickleball Tuesday. Oh, very nice. I feel like there's a better fit for that. Which day of the week? Pickleball Sunday. Sunday uh, fun day. I don't know about that. Maybe <laughs> just a better name. Well, being out on the court, absorbing that sun has me feeling like spring might have finally sprung. Spring is a time of renewal and a truly potent time to step into beauty and power. Um, with spring being the season of femininity and beauty, I wanted to talk about something I don't know too terribly much about, which is women's watches. Uh, from my research, it says historically, wristwatches were mostly marketed towards women since men relied on pocket watches to keep track of time. But as time progressed, the focus shifted and women-centric watch styles, ads, and marketing tactics took a backseat, leaving women largely overlooked in the watch space. Uh, Blake, as our designated Gucci-loving, Lululemon-wearing fashionista, do you feel there has been a trend or increased interest in women wearing watches? Absolutely. 100% hands down. I'm selling, we are selling more watches to ladies than we ever had, and all different types, styles, shapes, sizes, models. I, I don't even know that you can categorize men's watches versus ladies' watches anymore. There definitely is um, fashion forward and uh, very pretty watches out there, but uh, I'm having more women than ever reaching out for full-blown what we would have considered men men's watches. Uh, so the size is probably the biggest thing that's changed over the time. Um, and, uh, you know, it, there there is no rules anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm personally about the larger watch styles or ones that have a gender neutral vibe. Um, and I think it's really cool to see women rocking big, bold timepieces on like Instagram or whatever paired with a stack of diamond bracelets. And, uh, I think wearing a men's watch or like a gender neutral watch or a war larger watch face levels, the playing field, like a equal opportunity flex in a way. Yeah, I think you could say that. I mean, it definitely is. Um, it, it's changing everything. I mean, there's a brand in particular that we experienced a heavy, heavy influx into the 36 through 40 millimeter sizes. And it's it, it you have two different demographics going after the same watches now, and they're not necessarily easy to get. So um, it's kind of changed the game, so to speak, on, on you know how we have to look at it. I agree. I mean, I love we, me and my wife went to New York City, visited some friends not too long ago, and it was the thing. I mean, every woman that was walking around wearing a nice watch was wearing a men's watch. Um, you know, I mean, uh, subs, GMTs, uh, you know, Aquaterra 41s, some of the full-size Tudors, Black Bay 58s. I mean, these are all fair game at this point for ladies to wear and they look awesome. Uh, they look absolutely awesome. 
My wife's a tiny little thing and she wears a 36 millimeter. Awesome. Yeah, I did a poll on our Instagram on our Richter Phillips one right before we started this and just wanted to see sort of when it comes to a watch's style, what were uh, the ladies on our Instagram and potentially some men after and what came in first place was the professional sleek or chic neutral colors and styles followed by uh, femininity and pops of like pink or floral elements there. Um, and the number one thing that was most important for a woman in a watch so far is that it looks fabulous, followed by the brand name. So Matt, I just wanted to ask you when it comes to curating collections for women's watches, as far as like our brands, in what areas do you think the brands are totally nailing it? And in what ways do you feel like they may have some opportunity to grow, whether it's design, function, advertising, whatever it is? Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities in, for instance, like our Hamilton collection who reach back to their heritage and talking about uh, watches that were made when most men weren't wearing wristwatches. In the Ardmore collection with Hamilton, for instance, they've really reached back to that in a smaller tank style watches, some of their smaller jazz master pieces. Um, they're great. They're interchangeable. They're very affordable. So as far as a diversity of starting a collection or enjoying that, um, there's some vibrant colors. There are some neutral colors. Uh, they're doing a few pieces that are in like a nude. Uh, Nomos is the same way. And we kind of talked about this off the air earlier. There are some new additions to the Tetra collection, that, which is the square model, that are going to have contrasting sub-seconds hands on the dials. Um contrasting sub-seconds dials versus uh, the regular rest of the square dial, and then some pretty interesting straps. They actually went public today, so anybody who's listening can pop on the Nomos website and see what's coming. We have an assortment of those. Um, Tissot is kind of of the same brand, and as we work up or work across some of the offerings we have, they're just interesting and affordable and a great entry level. They have some fairly neutral things up to um, some somewhat aggressive, much larger styles. Blake hit the nail on the head. We see this, the trend is still for most ladies like 34 millimeters and up, but we have a tremendous offering and still a calling with um, quite a broad demographic for watches that are under that size and 31 millimeter and 28 millimeter. And I think there's a 22 millimeter TSO that we sell out of half a dozen times a year. That is a kind of an unusual small cocktail style piece. So I think each of one of those depending on budget, can become an integral part of a, of a multi-piece uh, offering for pick up whatever you like, whatever you're feeling in the morning and not really break the bank uh, and really enjoy it up even until the Breitling collection where you have some really nice pieces that are in the Super Ocean collection and Navitimer collection that uh, can really be unisex and kind of work up from there and not be super oversized because they get up to the 46, 48 millimeter, which are a little bit uh, even large for most men. So Blake, say we have um, somebody walking in, they have a daughter or a sister, they're about to graduate, 18 years old, have never worn a watch before, never owned a watch, uh, but they it's something that they want to get them. What would you suggest doing? Uh, we definitely probably start looking at Tissot and Hamilton first, at least in our store. Um, oftentimes for the price point where that category wants to stay, they're going to thrive uh, in those two brands. Hamilton has 
had a big push lately uh, in their ladies collection. And I think it was a missed market when we didn't have it. So it's really nice to see them. You can start to trickle into the tutor uh, category. They have developed over the past year, two years, amazing lines that are in that $2,000 to $4,000 price range. Um, and we definitely have some clients falling there. Uh, it, it's really just going to come down to their style, right? You're going to have definitely some more feminine pieces in Tissot than you will in Hamilton. But now Hamilton is starting to capitalize on a little bit of diamond use and some some pretty colors like the purples and the pinks. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think everybody wants a fabulous watch on their wrist, whether it's a, a male or a female. Um, it's just going to come down to you know what what they think they're going to wear it for. How often do they want to be able to wear it? Is it for dressy? Is it for every day? And, and we're going to have anything and everything to fit. Uh, in those in those categories, but definitely Tudor to sew in Hamilton uh, for those kind of gifts is going to be a great place to stick. And the most clever marketing of all that is in the store is the Club Campus collection from Nomos because they are Nomos is known for a lot of their product to have exhibition case packs, but with the Club Campus uh, edition or, or collection, they actually have closed case backs that are broad and have a lot of room for engraving. And that's exactly why it's named what it's named. So that's another kind of sleeper part of things are, and uh, tend to be a little bit on that larger side and that 34 millimeter and up, but beautiful hand wind, um, a lot of sort of vibrant colored dials and a little bit more fun part of their collection. And I think starting in like the $1,800 range and working up from there. So really approachable when you're talking about a graduation gift or something like that, even a high school. Awesome. And Blake, you kind of alluded to the watch that Sarah has. Did she pick that out herself or did you surprise her? Or I am always talking about this stuff at home. Uh, as you might guess, I, I'm, I've been so lucky to have a job that I'm passionate about. So I never shut up about talking about watches, showing my wife pictures to the point where she just kind of tells me to leave her alone. Um, but I had shared a couple different pictures with her, uh, and, um, kind of got a feel for where she wanted to be. And then actually had her come into the store and try on sizes. And she ended up liking the bigger size better. And it is, it's a 36 millimeter full size watch. I mean, I could wear it. It'd be a little small on me, but it would something be something that I could wear. Um, so whether it comes to rings, necklaces, earrings. I don't just shoot from the hip with my wife. She knows what she likes and I have her in and kind of get ideas or have Heather get ideas. And then, um, I can come in behind and, and, uh, play hero. Nice. And Matt, how about April? Does she own any time pieces? She has a lot of time pieces. I bet she does. What's her favorite one. And what's your favorite one? Um, of hers, mm -hmm. uh, her favorite, at least as far as the amount that she wears, it is a 34 millimeter Breitling Colt quartz and stainless steel with a blue dial. It's a really pretty watch. I gifted her that last year sometime. And um, I think the ease of wearing it, uh, not having to set it, being quartz uh, once every, she's given it to me once now to replace the battery and reseal it and give it back. She loves wearing that. But she has a traditional date model Rolex from 1974. Um, that was her college graduation gift. It's a 26 millimeter stainless steel smooth bezel. Uh, oyster bracelet, just a beautiful little watch with a thoughtful okay. engraving on the back. Oh, what's it engraved with? Um, just to new beginnings and the date of her graduation. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that was right in the midst of uh, the beginning of COVID. She was finishing up her final semester. So uh, really strong uh, finish for her and a very difficult time. And uh, very proud of her. And that is... 
uh, timeless representation of all of her hard work. But she has a Seiko diver and a Tissot diver, um, maybe 26 and 29 millimeter or something like that, respectively. Um, she's got a larger, like a Waltham, just something fun that I had tinkered around with that she um, took as her own. So her her watch collection grows as she sees things laying around and decides that uh, it might fit her. She has a couple of other Seikos that have come along that used to belong to me that now she picks up after a recent event with Seiko. She saw what I was wearing and now um, is coveting them, which is just fine by me. Is your daughter into the watches too? So when she was little, um, and she still grabs my watch and rotates the bezel and depending on what I'm wearing. And uh, I could put three of her favorite toys, something really fun that she liked to eat and a watch on the ground when she was learning to crawl. And she would crawl for the watch every time, sit with it. Heart melting. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I could have a little protege in the making uh, <laughs> some decades down the road, but uh, it's it's really kind of cool to see the wonder. And then if I put the watch to her ear and she hears it ticking and she sees the parts moving, she's uh, just really enthralled. Oh, like father, like daughter there. Yeah. When yeah. I taught April how to work on watches during COVID quarantine, so when we weren't uh, working in the yard or uh, trying to attend tutor trainings or other things that were going on Richter Phillips adjacent, uh, April put together, took a pocket watch apart and put it back together and it ran uh, for the first time. So she got to tinker around for a while with with pocket watches and really got a kick out of that. That's awesome. So fun. What a lot of you don't know is that Matt is probably, he wins the award for the manliest person at Richter and Phillips. <laughs> like he's, you know, when he gets off, he's wearing like cargo shorts and boots and throwing axes in his backyard. I don't know. But he's <laughs> also very, very sentimental, which is something you'll learn about him, which we all definitely love, but doesn't necessarily come off at the beginning. But this guy has watches that have stories uh, for just about every phase of his life. And, uh, and it's pretty cool to be able to talk about with him. Yeah. Speaking of, we made a video with Matt last year. That'll be coming out here in a couple months, maybe two months or so. That's going to be interesting. A deep dive into the emotional abyss that is Matt Schlomer. Oh my, it's a, my origin story for, uh, <laughs> or the genesis of this phase of my life. And, uh, this is my passion, I, as I think I've said before, maybe said on the last podcast, and I get to indulge in it with a great group of clients, uh, new people every day, and of course my family here at Richter & Phillips. It's really special. And when we share our opinions about these watches and uh, these timeless gifts and heirloom quality items, um, I do get sentimental about that. I think it's important. It seems that the, the current generation is embracing that concept again. So we've seen a lot of people coming, having jewelry repaired so that they can gift it or having things assessed before they gift them or create a, um, a hand-me-down or bequeathing something just to make sure they know what it is and that it's valued properly. And we do the, we've done that a lot with watches, but I, I think, and I don't, I don't know if I speak for the whole team here, but I've seen a lot more uh, people who are getting more um, sentimental or interested in uh, passing those items along instead of the throwaway generation that I think happened over the preceding couple of decades. In the last episode, we teased a watch event that will be coming up on Father's Day weekend, but a little more important and timely is Mother's Day. So while we're on the subject of women's watches, what do we have in store available right now that may be a really great Mother's Day gift? The one thing I can confidently say is that we keep this store so stocked um, 
with everything that hits our radar. If we think it's something that our clients will enjoy, we stock it. So from the Tudor brand uh, releasing an amazing new ladies line, um, again, kind of it hits both, both rungs, men and ladies, but ladies have loved it. I've gotten amazing feedback to Omegas, to Rolex, to Breitling coming out with their Chronomite line and their new Navitimers. We're going to have, if it's a timepiece you're after, we're going to definitely have one or two options that your wife will enjoy. And if it's not a watch, then obviously, you know, what we've been known for, for far more years than watches is jewelry and diamonds and, 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 and things along those lines. So we're going to have something for everybody, including some pre-owned stuff. Um, I mean, we have a really awesome offering of, of pre-owned watches, um, for men and ladies. Uh, so, you know, whatever you're after, I have a feeling we're going to be able to take care of you on it. Um, Matt does an amazing job of keeping the store stocked and we kind of work together at what we get requests for and what we need to get ordered and we, and we fill those holes. So, um, we are stocked and ready to go. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we have a, a lot of pretty much every price point from the Seiko core product for a few hundred bucks all the way through. Uh, so the 1926 collection in Tudor has some really great options in many different really approachable sizes, whether traditional, a little bit more avant-garde or um, in the larger size, like 39 Yeah, tell me millimeter. more about the Tudor ones. I've been curious to hear more about them. I've seen glimpses of them, but can you describe the so newer women's watches? The 1926 collection was really, I think, an emphasis of 2022. And we started stocking a lot more of them in the th late in the third and early fourth quarter. And with our new build out, if anybody hasn't been in, we have an, a beautiful new Tudor build. Uh, we got a, uh, an expanded uh, allocation of some of those watches. So they start in the sub $2,000 range and work their way all the way up into a little over $3,000. They're out of house movement, so it keeps that price really, uh, I guess, competitive with some of the, the its contemporaries, but they're just beautifully they're done. backed with a better warranty, so five-year warranty across the board. They are a lot of them with, uh, we have some diamond dial pieces. We have some Arabic dial pieces that are patterned. Diamond bezel. Yeah, very classic. Oh, nice. Very classic, really interesting looking, thinner time pieces uh, in several different sizes and um, some on bracelets, some on leather. So that's a really, it's been a really great addition as they've broadened that collection. Um, with Omega, we also have uh, brought some more stainless steel pieces in from DeVille, Tresor to uh, Constellation. And the, yeah, the 34 millimeter Seamaster uh, 150s, I guess, that are the Aquaterra collection that I just, they're, some of those dials are so striking and beautiful and um, cost competitive across the market. And uh, I think I've really enjoyed uh, the breadth of that collection over the last few years and how it's sort of, um, they've offered a lot of different dials and a lot of new configurations that are very attractive, especially the Tresor collection is really beautiful. And if you want a Tresor, you got to come and see George because he seems to be the, uh, he's our resident expert for uh, DeVille Tresor. He sells those watches like crazy. It's he insane. does. That's <laughs> really fun. I like it. But Blake started to talk about it, and we have uh, a, a large selection of out-of-collection and discontinued items. If a brand um, discontinues a piece of merchandise, then we set it aside. Uh, so oftentimes, we can give a, um, an incentive on pricing, and these are still new watches, and they come with Richter & Phillips warranties. Uh, we do a lot of estate watches as well. Emma and I go through them and we make sure that they're ship shape and, and they come with our two year store warranty in some cases, but at least one year. And it's just a great way to pick up a brand that maybe we don't necessarily carry in house, 
but has walked in off the street and we've taken care of it to make sure and turn it back. Yeah, I think our pre-owned selection is pretty fire right now. We're about to have some of that listed on our website so people can check that out there from the comfort of their own couch or wherever you are. And yeah, it's just a little segment of our store that I feel like you don't always pop over to, but it's definitely worth looking because we have a lot of great pieces over there. Yeah, we always have stuff rotating in and out. Matt's always got stuff in his workshop that he's working on and uh, trying to get up top to the store, uh, to the store floor. Yeah, Rebecca uh, makes a good point. I, our website's going to uh, undergo a transformation this year, I think. So anyone in pop on there we do have our estate collections going up there and it'd be a good thing to to pop in because we are as these watches are hitting the cases they're also going to be going on to the website and uh first dibs if you see it pop on there and you don't have time to come in the store just pop in there couple times a week and see what's new yep and uh while i am in the depths of designing our new website with emma um my emma not matt's emma there's two emma's here a richter and phillips now uh but we are having uh more action on the watch email list that we have linked in this podcast description if you'd like to join that that is where we're going to be releasing special event invitations like whiskey and watches Um, or anything that we get in store that might be really cool that we don't always publicize right away. So that's where you get that first dibs from. All right. Well, thanks for sitting down here with me and chatting about women's watches. If either of you feel compelled to make up for missing my birthday last month, I was thinking like a day just 41 or so would be be nice. Just a thought. Otherwise, uh, yeah. We'll see what we can do. Add it to your wish list. Yeah, wish list. I will. All right. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.